You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. You know, the coarse paint and stuff, the war paint. Um, it just kind of feels like a, uh, you know, like you're getting ready to go to war, basically, you know, to go out on stage and just kill it. Or, you know, you're kind of turning into this other person that you created and uh, you don't ha- you don't have to be you anymore. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope everyone's been having an excellent week. I most certainly have been. Before we jump into today's very special Extra Vox and Hops episode, which was recorded during last week's Thirsty Thursday virtual hang, I just want to take the time to ask you all to subscribe to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, because when you do that, you will not miss a single episode. But more than that, if you have already subscribed, something else that you can do that would really, really mean a lot to me would be if you could take the time to rate it and even better, write a review. Because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops podcast. I am also cordially inviting you to join the party. Join the Vox and Hops newsletter, which I have just launched. You can do that by going to my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast that past week, including all the details about any episodes which I have dropped, or if I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, there will be the links to any upcoming Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs. There will also be the links for the updated Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. If you are looking for some new music to listen to, well, you should absolutely start with the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There are some killer, killer tracks on this, and I have really been enjoying this month and i know that you will too so take the time join the party sign up to the vox and hops metal podcast newsletter if you're a vox and hops head and you absolutely love metal and craft beer and you're looking to connect with other people just like you well i have some good news for you because i have just launched the vox and hops metal podcasts discord server this is the perfect place to connect with people just like you people that love metal people that love beer. I have set up channels exactly for that. There is a craft beer channel where you can go and share the brews that you are drinking and connect with other people that want to talk about that. There is another channel that is specifically for the music that you're listening to, whether you want to share an album that you're enjoying or something that you've missed and you're looking for, you're looking for some suggestions. You can do that there on the metal channel. There's a whole memes channel, of course. I find myself just scrolling through that and giggling. It's amazing. You should absolutely go and join the Vox and Hops metal community on Discord. I have put the invitation in the description of this podcast. And uh, what are you waiting for? Join us. Okay, now let's jump right into this. I'm super stoked to have had the chance to hang out with Keith Wampler again. I had him on the podcast a long time ago, and I was very excited to reconnect with him. But not only that, I did it with the Thirsty Thursday gang. I love doing these, these live interviews where I do this on Zoom at a Thirsty Thursday. I conduct an interview while the Thirsty Thursday gang is all watching, and then I open up the floor 
to the Thirsty Thursday gang so that they can ask my guests some questions. This one was a blast and it was really cool. So get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 229 with Keith Wampler of The Convalescence. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am with the Thirsty Thursday gang, and this is another live interview with Keith Wampler, the vocalist of The Convalescence. How are you doing, Keith? It has been quite some time since we sat down together to have a chat. Uh, last time was in uh, Christian Donaldson's studio at The Grid, and it was probably my best sounding interview because it was just so damn quiet for once because I was back in the day, I was doing it all in the backstages with bands playing or at a pub where there's people sitting three feet away from me chatting as well or music playing. So our, our, that was probably the first episode that sounded pristine and amazing. How are you doing, Keith? Uh, doing good, man. And yeah, the acoustics for that one, uh, I would imagine, were pretty good. It was a pure pleasure to edit. It was like just so nice. So, so nice. Uh, I'm stoked to have you back. Uh, let's just jump right into this. Uh, let's start with a, a tricky question, a shitty question, so that we can go somewhere better afterwards. Uh, how did you cope with the glorious year of 2020? Uh, I mean, basically as well as anybody can. Uh, it sucked. It sucked overall, you know. We we canceled tons of shows. Uh, we had a bunch of plane tickets for different things bought oh, that we shit. couldn't get reco- uh, refunded. Um, we had ordered whole tours worth of merch that are still sitting in my apartment for the most part, other than what we've sold online. Jesus. Uh, so we took a really, really big hit. Um, we're still rescheduling stuff into uh, later on this year, like late summer and fall and uh into next year um and just hoping that he you know hoping we can get back on that obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna go back out unless it's safe and unless it's uh you know obviously with the state guidelines and everything absolutely and i can imagine from from exactly what you guys lived through there will be no bands that will print any tour day shirts for any tours coming up within the next two years yeah agreed agreed <laughs> i would i would definitely advise everyone against from doing that <laughs> absolutely uh last time we hung out we had a, a delicious beer it was a stout from dunham if my mind is correct i believe it was i can't qu- quite remember the name of it but it was it was very good it was a coffee stout what are you drinking on your side tonight keith uh i'm drinking budweiser just regular budweiser because uh to be honest i haven't drank much lately and uh these are beers left over from like Christmas time and they've just been in my fridge and it's a blizzard outside. So I wasn't going to run out and go try to find a fancy beer today. That's no problem at all. Talk me through taking a break from drinking. It's sort of very fitting with what's going on with my life right now. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm a big football fan, big, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I, uh, when I, you know, every weekend I'd go out with my dad and have some drinks and stuff like that. And my dad drinks, you know, a lot. So I drink a lot when we're, you know, drinking together. And uh, I just got super, super drunk uh, for one of the games. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, I don't even remember getting home. I don't remember going to bed, like none of that stuff. And I felt just horrible for like two days, just hung over. And, uh, 
you know, I, I'm not going to quit drinking by any means. You know, I like drinking, I like beer. Uh, but I decided to take a, uh, 30 days that I wasn't going to drink at all. Uh, just a 30 day break. And then, you know, kind of try to keep it a little more in check where it's not like a once a week, just getting trashed kind of thing. Uh, and I did 34 days and I had two beers and, uh, this is my third beer in the last 40 days. Wow. Good for you, Keith. Yeah. Not stopping drinking, but you know, just trying to, uh, feel a little bit better. There's nothing worse than that next morning. The, the dry mouth, what happened? How did I get here? Better look at my phone. <laughs> Who did I talk to? No, that I don't like that. That yeah. I don't like <laughs> on my side. I am also doing a, I'm actually doing a sober February for the podcast where all of my episodes are to promote a balanced lifestyle with alcohol. And, uh, I am also taking a break to, to embrace that, that, that relationship of, of, you know, having space. And some something nice. But I'm still enjoying craft beer. This is from La Barberie. This is a brand, brand new, non-alcoholic craft beer. 0.5%. This is a raspberry sour. Uh, I've heard good things. We'll see. You know, non-alcoholic beer tends to suck. But uh, at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised by a bunch of them. So I'm going to pour this out. I'm going to ask you... Since the last time we were together, has your craft beer palate evolved? Has my craft beer palate evolved? Um, honestly, I like I I don't normally drink craft beer. Um, like I said before, when I was on, uh, I did get really into the Iron Maiden beer, the Trooper, for a while. Big Maiden fan, so I had to check it out, and it was actually not bad. Um, and I've tried, I think there's like three or four different ones, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. there is, yes. uh, now that I've tried and I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've tried quite a few different ones, you know, here and there, but I'm still a fan of the just regular, uh, Budweiser, PBR, that kind of beer. It's just kind of what I have been drinking my whole life since I've been drinking. So just kind of a familiar thing for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I have good news for you. The whole uh, lager scene is exploding in craft beer world. So there is a craft beer for you out there, which is somewhat closer to the, the, the more big market beers. You got some Kolsch's that are kicking around that are killer, killer brews and uh, still, you know, is a craft beer. I, look at the color of this gorgeous, gorgeous raspberry yeah, sour. Great. I'm going to say cheers to you. Cheers to the uh, Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang that's listening in. Ooh, raspberries on the nose. See, this is cool. Uh, the body is a little thin, but, um, you know, I find with sours, it's a little bit easier to get away with a non-alcoholic brew. And uh, this one's pretty good. It's pretty tasty. Um, very, very cool. Uh, something cool that did happen this year for you is that uh, Amazon Prime picked up a bunch, two of your movies about the, about the convalescence. Let's talk about that. I think it's super interesting. And uh, when I saw you post that, I was like, how the hell did Keith do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, we uh, we had filmed a bunch of stuff uh, when we were up at the grid, uh, when we had talked before, uh, while we were recording Monument of Misery and everything. And uh, we had always meant to make a, a kind of a behind the scenes, like a making of uh, kind of thing, but with our tour schedule and everything, we just kind of got busy and it kind of got put on the back burner for a while. 
Uh, it just wasn't, you know, our top thing. But then with no shows, we were like, well, you know, we don't have a ton of budget really to keep shooting music videos or having animated stuff done or, you know, and we had released basically a single and a video for almost every song on Monument of Misery at this point. And we felt that, you know, uh, we had to get a little bit creative, do something new, do something a little different. And uh, so we got together with our merch guy, Icer, that also does a lot of our graphic work. And uh, he's super cool, that guy. You know, he helps with a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And uh, me and him sat at his house for hours upon hours, going through all the footage from the studio, from the GoPros, from people's cell phones, from everything went around interviewed all the band members uh katie and ron did theirs remotely uh i know you and christian did yours uh remotely as well um and we send it over to the label like hey how do you want to release this and they're like hey let's you know let's pitch it to amazon prime and see if they pick it up and to our surprise they didn't even tell us uh i had no idea it had been accepted or was coming out or anything and uh our the owner of our label contacted me with a bunch of pictures of his TV <laughs> and he was watching it on Amazon and he's like dude it's on there it's on there so uh we hurried up and like you know got it out everywhere and stuff and uh after after we had done that um we also released it on YouTube as well uh because it wasn't available uh anywhere except for the US and the UK um so we decided that we wanted to go a little bit of a step further um in October uh you know our state had eased restrictions cases were down a little bit where we were and stuff like that and uh there's a old movie theater in uh my hometown of Maumee it's like a suburb of Toledo um and we used to go there on like school field trips like it's an old like 50s movie theater and uh you know, our, I, w- I walked in there and I'm like, hey, man, how, what's it going to take for us to use this? And I explained <laughs> to him what I wanted to do. And I was expecting, you know, hell no, <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, but they actually worked with me on the price of doing it and everything. Um, and we went through and, you know, got all the, like, city paperwork taken care of and all the rental paperwork taken care of and uh, put together, you know, movie posters and all that stuff. We wanted to do it bigger than just the making of. Uh, so we put together like uh, to our album, like the audio of our album uh, as like previews, basically uh, a bunch of pictures from tours over the years, just like a picture slideshow while people were like coming in. Uh, and then it, ha- it showed the making of Monument of Misery. And then it showed a bunch of the music videos from the recent albums and uh, then we showed a uh, full concert, which is what we just released, our second release on uh, Rituals of the Damned. Um, and it's every song is from uh, a different show somewhere else in the world over the last like over the last two years. And it's like a 10 song full concert. And uh, we did interviews with the different band members um, in between each song talking about like what they remember of the show that we're about to show and the next song would be from that show that they were just talking about we did that for a full concert we stuck it all together um we had uh i believe it was a 500 seat theater 
Um, we cut it down on capacity down to 130 is all we sold. Uh, cause we wanted to be able to seat people, you know, spread out. We required masks for the whole thing. Um, but when everybody came in, we did have our merch table set up. People could grab merch. We had, uh, you know, all the band members there in paint with the masks over the top of it, signing autographs and stuff like that. And we sat in the theater and watched it with all the fans that came out. And, uh, we sold all the tickets that we were able to, um, and everything went really well and everybody like stuck to the guidelines well and everybody was very respectful of the old movie theater we were in and uh it was just a really cool experience to go from you know it being somewhere that uh we used to go on field trips for like school and go see like movies about you know science or whatever to i'm now throwing a movie premiere there and there's metalheads wrapped around the block ready to get in wearing our shirts uh was really cool for me to see the other guys aren't from you know toledo but uh i was pretty stoked about it um just being specifically at that theater um and we you know then we had the full concert section of it done and uh labels like why don't we submit that to amazon like, oh, yeah, sure, go for it. And they actually turned it down the first time because uh, we had to make a couple adjustments uh, to the video. But once we did, uh, they accepted it, and that went live, I, I think, like a week ago or so. So it's gotten a really good response, and, you know, I'm I'm very happy and thankful that they picked it up on such a big platform. It's it's crazy. It's it's huge. So, so you guys can't tour, but you're basically playing people's living rooms now it's 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 so cool You're, you guys and, and the hustle that you've always had keith is something that i admire and i can totally totally feel that you know going back to that nostalgic place where you were as a youth going there and it was probably impressive at that point in your life stepping into this theater and looking around and seeing it you know because it already had history absolutely for sure and then here you are what 20 plus years later in full corpse paint <laughs> <laughs> right right and it, and it's sold out you can't they turn they were turning people away at the door and i was like wow this is this is crazy that's crazy uh we also we also ended up on the uh not for that uh it's, it was like last january we ended up on the uh front page of our uh, local newspaper of the entertainment section huge huge picture of us and corpse paint and blood and everything and the whole front page is just, you know, it was awesome. You know, I had people I haven't talked to in years just blowing up my phone. Go, dude, did you see you're on the on the cover of the newspaper? That's crazy. Uh, just because they were doing like a, a featured band kind of thing. And our name had gotten thrown in the mix and stuff. That's great. So we've been trying to get creative and we've gotten lucky with a, a few things. So... Hey, what's up, Fox and Hops heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death 
alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. That's crazy. You know, this is just one side of you, though. I definitely want to talk about your you being a manager for some bands. I feel like you you were dabbling in that the last time we had a talk, but now you're definitely much much more involved in that. So so t- talk to me about the evolution of you being a manager. Well, I actually started working with bands on more of a more of like a booking level, uh, just because I booked all of our own shows. We had been touring, uh, and we toured so much that I couldn't hold a job at home, you know, and. We still needed to fund the band. And I uh, was like, okay, you know, I had friends' bands that were like, you got a contact over here, you got some contacts over here, can you help me with these dates? And I finally just started telling people, like, oh, you want to go on tour? And I give them, like, a flat rate quote, like, kick me, like, 200 bucks and I'll book you a week a week long tour or something. You know, you guys keep all the money, you guys do all that, I don't want a percentage or nothing, just, you know, basically help me pay my rent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, uh, so that became a full-time job just on word of mouth. I didn't really advertise a whole lot, just, you know, people I met on the road or friends would tell other bands and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I started out booking a lot of tours and stuff. Um, and I started working with Chris Bianchi, who's our label manager now, um, over at Legend, uh, with his management company, uh, CB Entertainment. And he was, putting together the legend agency uh with me and a couple other agents for basically an in-house booking kind of company and uh it just kind of became like a lot uh because he was doing the label he was doing the management he was doing like his own stuff he was doing the booking and everything and uh he just kind of was like hey do you want to take over the legend agency do you want to run that and i was like oh yeah you know sure and the other agents and stuff kind of slowly left because I was only kind of worried about booking what I was booking. Uh, I had my plate full. Um, so it just kind of became just me uh, doing the Legend Agency. And uh, when bands were starting to hit me up for booking, there was a lot of them that just needed some like simple help, like some advice in a certain direction or like they didn't know where to order certain kinds of merch or they didn't know producers to hit up or that kind of stuff or really how to plan a release and stuff like that and that was stuff that I had known from doing our stuff even and from working with different uh labels and stuff like that uh in the past so I uh offered management as well um just kind of like an artist building thing um along with booking and just kind of mashed it together like basically hire me and it's the full package i'll help you with whatever you need mm-hmm. whatever you need to progress as a band i'll help you with you need tour dates you need you know somewhere to record you need merch whatever whatever it may be um into even like some more like creative ideas for some like specific thing you know i'm i'll make those calls and reach out to people until i figure out how to get it done or if it's even feasible um so that's just kind of how it grew and over the years um 
you know, as my bands progressed, um, and as I've marketed, uh, with a lot of different people, I, uh, just kind of got stronger connections and started working with like, you know, some bigger bands and stuff. And it's just kind of grown on its own from there. That's great. You know, but when you work hard, people will get to know you. They'll hear your name and they will come knocking. Yeah, absolutely. What would be a band that you're working with right now that you're really excited about? And I don't want you to, you know, you're not putting any like in first place because I know that's hard to do when you have a roster. But who, who do you think it might be the next big thing? Um, actually, you already featured them on the show, Casket Robbery. Hell yeah. Those guys just crush. We toured with them in, uh, in fall 20, 2019 on the House of Suffering tour. And, I mean, they gave us a run for our money every single night, man. They made us better playing, you know, right before us and stuff. Uh, and they're great people, man. And I've been pitching their new album out to a bunch of labels. And hopefully, uh, you know, some of them get to their email and like what they hear. Absolutely. Yes, they were great. I had them featured in my underrated gem segment. And I was very glad to do that because uh, they do rip. So, so very, very excellent, excellent band. Uh, I have one last question coming from me. And then I'm going to throw you over to the Thirsty Thursday gang who is listening to this live right now. Um, I don't believe I asked you this when we had it our chat last time. I think it's something that came up as my wrap up question later on. Uh, you mentioned that it happened to you when you go and drink with your dad watching some football games, which is why you made a big decision change recently to drink a little bit less. But when you woke up that morning and it was horrible, what was your hangover cure? A hangover cure. Um, I think I went and got some, uh, some like greasy breakfast from a diner and, uh, some Gatorade. And that was, uh, pretty much what I went with. Um, I, I can't say it like cured it, but it made it a little bit better with the whole shaking and, you know, head pounding kind of thing. So that's usually my go-to. It's not the first time I've heard that. It definitely, definitely works. <laughs> right. We have people, Evan saying blue Gatorade, man, blue Gatorade. Actually, it, it, it was blue Gatorade. <laughs> so good call. Good call. Excellent. Thank you so much, Keith. I'm going to throw you over to the Thirsty Thursday gang right now. Uh, if anybody right has a question that they would like to ask Keith, please raise your digital hand. You guys know how to do that. And I shall call you up. We have two people that have their hands up. We will start with Dervites. So, hi, Keith. Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sobering up, so it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Over for one month. So, uh, is there a meaning behind the makeup that you and the band are wearing, or is it just for looks? Uh, no, I think there's there's a meaning to it to us. Um, basically, when we started doing it, uh, we were going through like a lot of lineup changes, so just kind of trying to find the right situation for the band and stuff. And our uh, we had an EP called Memories that was a lot more like metalcore. Okay. Uh, kind of on like the more like something you would hear on like a warp tour or like uh you know more of like the mainstream metalcore kind of sound and uh we had switched to a very deathcore sound for our second EP Unmasking the Betrayer and we wanted to go a little darker with the image as well and uh kind of the meeting that we had was uh that we wanted to put on an actual show past just you know we're up here playing our music um, because we wanted it to be, you know, if somebody came to our show and maybe didn't like our music, they'd still be 
entertained by the show. And if somebody really like, you know, didn't like our show, that we would still sound good. And they might like our music, you know, and uh, I always grew up listening to like, you know, Rob Zombie and Slipknot and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, how do you not want to go up on stage and spray blood into the crowd and <laughs> blow some stuff up? You know, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. So that's kind of where we went with it. And at this point, it's almost, you know, when we're getting ready for a show or even like a public appearance or to shoot a video or whatever. And uh, all six of us are, you know, in the bus and we're putting on a... Uh, you know, the corpse paint and stuff, the war paint. Um, it just kind of feels like a, uh, you know, like you're getting ready to go to war, basically, you know, to go out on stage and just kill it. Or, you know, you're kind of turning into this other person that you created. And like, uh, you don't like, ha- you don't have to be you anymore. It's like a little ritual, like before the show, you just put the war paint, you go for war. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, the concert we just released was uh, we called it Rituals of the Damned for that okay. exact that exact reason. Oh, it was about perfect. the paint and getting ready and how we do things. Nice. Well, thank you, man. Oh, of course, man. Very, very cool, Keith. I, I just to add on to that, I I won't mention who told me this or specifics about it. Is it true that there is a bigger label that wanted you guys but wanted you without the makeup uh yes yes that was true that was true i won't go too far into that either but <laughs> was it difficult you yeah, don't have yeah. to name names but was it was that a difficult band meeting decision no no every you know we we talked about it for maybe 10 minutes and said hell no we're not taking the paint off excellent excellent you know th- this is us we've been doing this forever uh you know if they If they don't want this, you know, don't have us on your label. Stand true to your values. I love it. Uh, Up next we have, uh, we will go with the metal architect. Jerry Monk, the man that curates the Brutal Awakenings playlist. When there's a brand new one coming up. Doing good. Doing good. How about yourself? Very good. All right. My question would be, if you had a dream tour, what would that be and what the bands would be? Um, for, I mean, for the style of music we play, we've always wanted to hit the road with Cannibal Corpse. Um, you know, we'd love to hit the road with Whitechapel, with, uh, Thy Art is Murder, Carnifex, uh, stuff like that. Me personally, I've always wanted to share the stage with Iron Maiden. Um, just once, you know, <laughs> like, it's my favorite band. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get to, but it, it it's still a goal there for sure. Um, but you know, we'd love to go out with Cryptopsy again. Hell yeah. Uh, now that we're a little bit better at playing our instruments. Hey, you, and, uh, <laughs> you guys were fine and you guys were absolute yeah. troopers. We spoke about it last time I had you on all of the, yeah, it was the, a fun tour, man. The, the, it's too much fun. Too much fun. Uh, up next, Evan, the after party King. How you doing buddy? Doing all right, man. Um, I have a bit of a weird question, but you know what? Fuck it. I like, I like to ask weird questions. So, um, obviously this year has been tough. Uh, I've heard about you talk about it, uh, with your band in particular. Um, but, um, really how would you rate how the music industry has handled the pandemic up to this point? I feel, I personally feel like it's, it took a long time for everybody to kind of like figure out their shit. And to kind of get their bearings down. And in the process, everybody lost so much. 
And I, I don't know. I feel like it could have been handled better, but how do you feel about it? Um, I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like proud of, uh, in the, in the music industry on how this has been handled because bands have gotten extremely creative with merchandise. We've seen a lot more like behind the scenes content coming out, uh, going as far as to recording whole, like, uh, live concerts and streaming them. Uh, Black Dahlia did like Yule Mall around Christmas, which, you know, I, I checked that out and it was awesome. Um, and there's been a lot of creativity and how to still get your music out there and how to still, uh, remain relevant. Um, so, and a lot of bands, you know, doing the, the responsible thing and sitting at home right now, as opposed to, you know, going out there and playing a bunch of shows and, you know, kind of saying, fuck it, you know, we're, we're out here. Um, I, I, you know, I'm really proud of that, that everybody's been able to step up and make this work. I mean, I know it's not the, the greatest, uh, situation for any, any of us, you know, that make a living out on the road and tour. Um, but I mean, it's what it needs, needs to be done right now. So we can go back to normal at some point. Um, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, every situation could always be handled better, I think. Um, but in addition to that, I see a lot of bands like, uh, you know, here in the U.S. that as soon as one state says, oh, we can open bars and restaurants at 50% capacity, they're throwing packed shows again. And people aren't taking the responsibility to wear a mask and people are moshing and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I miss that as much as anybody, trust me. But we just, you know, we can't do that right now. And the more we do that over and over and over every time a state opens, the longer it's going to be before we get the big shows back and before we get the big tours back. Um, so it's kind of 50-50 for me, man. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Uh, one follow-up, if I may. Yeah. Uh, how much do you love the new Frozen Soul record? I actually haven't heard it yet. I saw that it came out, and I... It's it popped up on my YouTube, um, the video. It's like an hour long or something, and uh, I haven't got a chance to sit down and listen to it yet. But I do, I do plan to. Please, please make it a priority. It is amazing. I will. I will. Absolutely. Awesome. It is a banger. I love it. Uh, we'll go with Jorge. Hi, kids. Hi. How's it going? It's going. You know. Yeah. So um, the question is. Can you tell us a little bit of the, you know, that collaboration with Mr. Matt Megachi here, you know, the one that you did? Because uh, it's obviously you guys know each other, but how did this came to be, right? I mean, I I'm talking about the return specifically. <laughs> okay. Um, me and Matt met in 2015. Uh, the convalescents got to go on a, like it's what, about a three-week U.S. tour. Um with Cryptopsy, Disgorge, Surreption, and Arima. And, uh, you know, we just kind of became friends on that tour. We started working with uh, his guitarist, Christian, uh, for a lot of our mixing and mastering. And he kept telling us, like, you guys need to come to Canada to do a record. You guys need to come to do, you know, come to my studio and do a record instead of recording in the States and sending it to me. And uh, because of... Uh, a couple members criminal backgrounds for a long time we were not able to come to Canada um, but we got that all straightened out um, you know by basically switching members and uh, we everybody got everybody got granted uh, you know permission and passports and everything to go to Canada and when we got up to the studio 
Um, we didn't actually have any plans to do any guest features. We had never done a guest feature before. And uh, I've been talking to Julian, uh, the singer of The Faceless currently. Um, and we had just toured with them the year before. And we were like, hey, man, you want to jump on this track? And he recorded from home and sent it up to us. And I actually, uh, I asked Christian, I was like, do you think Matt would want to get on a track? And he's like, yeah, he doesn't live that far away, man. He could come down to do a track probably, you know, I'll text him and ask him. And, uh, you know, Matt agreed to do it. And I was stoked because I mean, you know, it's Matt, he's kicks ass, Cryptopsy kicks ass. So to have that on, you know, a song that I wrote and stuff like that was fucking killer. And he came down to the studio, we drank some beers uh and he recorded honestly i think the lead-in to the heaviest part we've ever written on a song that breakdown just slams when it comes in and i couldn't be happier with the way it came out and uh you know have a good friend like matt on the track was awesome man it was so much fun absolutely it was so much so much fun and it honestly took longer to set up the microphone than to track the part and then we recorded that interview right afterwards and then and then we just drank a bunch of beer until you guys had to leave because you actually left that day. Yeah, we we actually finished recording the record like three days early. Yeah, you killed it. Chris was so impressed with your vocal, uh, how fast you recorded your vocals on that. I did, yeah, 10 songs in two days. It's crazy. And uh, <laughs> our, our, our drummer did 10, 10 uh, live drum tracks for the record in two days as well. Crazy. And uh, I think Ron recorded all 10 songs in one day on bass. And guitars only took a couple of days, and I think five hours for keyboard or something like that. Crazy. So we we were well practiced and came prepared. We didn't want to screw up, you know, coming up to the grid. Oh, thank you for sharing. It's a great story. Absolutely, man. Excellent. Up next, we got David Lay. I don't really have a question. I just want to say it's cool to finally put a face to a name. Yes. Um, I'm from I'm from Ohio originally. I live in D.C. now, but I'm from Cleveland, so. I know I've known of the convalescence for a long time. Um, and I used to work at outer loop management and I know a bunch of our bands have toured with you guys. So yeah, I've been in those like tour booking discussions via email, <laughs> like with multiple people. So it's, it's cool to finally put a face to a name. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard great things about outer loop and, uh, you know, if you guys are ever looking for other bands to add, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> And that's why Keith is the best. The hustle. I love it. Yes. Always <laughs> hustling, man. Always. I can man, respect can, that. Can't stop, man. Well, I'm very happy to have been with you, Keith. This was amazing. Uh, we are going to keep hanging out here with the Thirsty Thursday gang. But uh, all you people that are listening at home right now, well, you should have been here to continue hanging out with us because uh, that's it. I'm stoked that you guys are here with us. Uh, Keith, thank you so much. Cheers, everyone. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was fun. I had an absolute blast. I, I just love, love the Thirsty Thursday gang. The pandemic has taken a lot away from us, but uh, I absolutely gained something amazing, something that I truly cherish, and that is my Thirsty Thursday gang. If you have ever been to one, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you should join us. You should join us. The next live Thirsty Thursday interview will be happening on March 4th, and if you sign up to the Vox and Hops newsletter via my website, that's V-O-X-A-N-D-A, 
hlps.com. The link for that will be available in the weekly email, which I will be sending in the near future. So do that. Don't miss it. Come hang out with us. It's always a blast. I love them all dearly, and I'm super, super stoked and honored to have them in my life. It was great to reconnect with Keith. He is a hustler, and I love that. Even right at the end there, you heard that he tried to get just that one extra little connection, and that's why he's successful. So if you want to make it in this world, be like Keith, be a hustler. Always, always do the ask. Don't be afraid to ask because if you don't ask, you won't get anything. You know, worst comes to worst, the person's going to say no. But, you know, most of the time when people say no, they say no nicely and that's okay. So uh, thank you to Keith. This was amazing. Go watch the two, the convalescence movies, which are on Amazon Prime right now. How cool is that? I think it's amazing. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, you should take the time to rate it and write a review. Because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Because the more reviews that a podcast has, the more visibility the podcast platform gives it. So if you want to help me grow this podcast, the best way to do that is by writing reviews. And of course, you could always talk about the podcast to some of your friends, uh, like-minded individuals who also like metal and craft beer. I would greatly appreciate that. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you tomorrow, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>